0: It's going to be how's it hanging, how's it happening? You guys know this, this is Kevin from the Card Progression Podcast. Sponsored by Dark Future Systems, the best custom computing technology build for anything. Whether it's gaming, music, creative, work, whatever you want, Dark Future Systems has the build for you. You know who uses Dark Future Systems to stream all their stuff? Ryan Kirby from Fit for a King. So yeah, go check them out in the description of the podcast. Use the code CPPOD to get $100 off your entire order. Make sure you go and do it. I got to get me one of those computers sometime soon. Trust me, it's on the way. So, (gasps) yeah. Now it's time for a feature presentation. We have talked with Cody Frayne of Ascent Like Wolves, if not for me, and the difference between before. But he runs the label Theoria Records. And now, it's time. Let's dive deep into the whole record label process and why working with a developmental label as a young band may just be the thing for you. Are you guys ready? Let's go! Yeah. Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of the Core Progression Podcast, if you checked out our episode with Ascent Like Wolves literally a week ago, you saw and heard this guy talk on the podcast. Why? Because he's the drummer for the band, but why is he back is the real question. Well, the band's label, Theoria Records, is this guy's record label, and we've brought you some of those bands beforehand as well, along with Aphasia, Colony Collapse, the, the difference between... And when they had If Not For Me on the the label, we brought him on there too. Now that If Not For Me is with Invoke, and he is in the band as well, we brought him (laughs) back on. So you know this is going to be a good one we get to talk about an actual record label that is helping push new music into the ears of many. So please welcome back Mr. Cody Frayne of Ascent Like Wolves, If Not For Me, and Theory Records. So Cody, my man, welcome back.
1: What's going on, man? Always a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for uh, letting me rant to you again.
0: Oh, always <laughs> a pleasure. It. I think that, yeah, this is like maybe your fourth or fifth time on now, literally second time in a week, dude. This is absolutely insane. And now we get to actually talk like about a record label, talk to, uh, to a record label, not just the bands, talk to the actual label, even though you know it's still you, but just like,
1: <laughs> this is wild, man. For sure. Appreciate it. Get yeah, down to Talk about anything you want to. So.
0: <laughs> okay. So first thing is, is because it, it still blows my mind the fact that the first time I ever knew about you was as the drummer for Ascent. Like, Worlds, more things coming around there, and then I remember getting an email from you, like, "Hey, started this record label called Fioria Records. We've got all these bands. You want to help? You know, promote them and help interview them. Absolutely, I was down for it, but." It just is so insane that you started your own record label. So walk me through the superhero origin story, man, of this. Like, (laughs) I want this origin story to be better than Iron Man. The first Iron Man. Well, I don't know Not not two or three. We're not going to
1: (laughs) talk about those. Agreed. Agreed. Um, But yeah, so um, where did Theoria come about? Um, So I've been playing in bands, booking shows, kind of all stuff involved around that since I was 14, 31 now. Um, so I definitely have uh, my share of experiences in the music industry, um, but yeah, around like 2016, um, I joined the Ascent Like Wolves uh, a little bit before that, but we put out uh, the album Christian Future, and uh, we signed to the record label We Were Triumphant, and uh, Max Stream Records over in Japan, so I got like my first taste of what a record label is all about through all of that, and I just really, ever, ever since I started music, I love like the behind the scenes of how does music get to the listener you know and all that stuff that people don't really talk about or know you know it's, it's like how do you get a cd into a store like how does a band get on a tour you know all that stuff it just doesn't miraculously happen at all which some people think it does <laughs> um so yeah I, I was involved with that and then um i sent like Wolves started wanting to tour more and started to have more interest and start booking shows out outside of our state so um we didn't have a booking agent at that time. Booking agents are kind of hard to come by, especially if you're a smaller band, a smaller developmental band. So I started just booking all of our tours, um, which in turn started me, I started booking shows around my hometown. I started a company called uh, Recovery Promotions, which was like a pretty much me just like reaching out to a bunch of other DIY promoters all across the state of Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is huge. Actually, you could book like three different shows within pennsylvania and not have them hit a radius clause which is pretty nuts uh, so what i tried to do is work around the around pennsylvania with other promoters to just kind of like book like a small tours and stuff you know like weekenders and stuff or something like wolves and with that come show trades and before you know it we're booking all on the east coast um yeah so i was doing recovery promotions for a while then um After that, I actually got picked up by this company called CI Productions and CI Records. Uh, You might know some bands from them. August Burns Red started with them. Uh, Texas in July, Carousel Kings. A bunch of awesome bands that came out of the Lancaster, Pennsylvania area. So I got to work as as the label director for them for a while. Um, And yeah, I was doing that for a bit, still booking shows with recovery, still playing in the Scent Like Wolves, Scent Like Wolves doing more touring, I'm doing more booking. I started working with this company called Wavelink Agency, which... It's a tour booking company. So I'm working with more and more bands now, expanding what I can do, just kind of testing different things out. And then, um, come like 2018, I started working for, uh, I left CI and I started working for Weird Are Triumphant actually as an AR there. Um, and then a little bit before that, I met uh, my business partner. Unfortunately, he couldn't make it today. His name is Chris Wethington. Um, actually plays in the band Soft Spoken. Um, a sick band, but, uh, Yes, yeah, so him and I were always like really into, again, like the music behind the scenes and became really good friends. And um, it's like 2020 now. I just him and I started talking about um, potentially making a company for like developing bands. And with that became Theoria Records. Um, so I ended up leaving Weird Triumphant just to end up becoming an imprint label of them. So with that is pretty cool because um, I got to use I got to use the Orchard for distribution, which is also in by Sony. So it went from, like, starting a label with DistroKid to starting a label with The Orchards and all the power behind all that, which was really cool. Um, So, yeah, then this uh, Theoria started in 2021 in June, and uh, we're almost going to be three years old this coming year, and it's uh, pretty crazy how many releases we've had so far. We've had uh, about 24 bands go through the label so far. Right now 12 of them are active, Um, and mainly it's just... I just, what's cool about Theoria is, like, Chris and I both have the empathy of an artist. Like, a lot of labels and a lot of industry people, I think, lose sight of what the artist actually goes through and all the struggles behind that. Like, how hard it is coordinating with a band. Because with a band, you're involved with four other people, potentially. You know, it's like a big group project. And with that becomes, you, you almost have to be a project manager, you know? Um, And just dealing with all those different personalities, all the struggles that bands go through. Like, Chris and I understand that. We've also been through really awful shady deals on our own um and saw the really bad side of the industry um it's so we just kind of know how to navigate a lot of situations that are like really artist friendly and we also um something I didn't like with some of the other labels that I worked with is I didn't have a lot of autonomy to really develop and coach a band and fund a band like I I wanted to I was kind of just at the liberty of whatever their deal was and so what's cool is with theory i got to have my own autonomy to do obviously whatever i want with bands and really develop them which i would say theory is more of a developmental label like we're not just there to just distribute your music we're here to coach you we're here to be a pseudo manager if you need a pseudo booking agent like we do pr we do marketing we do all that ourselves and like i have a group chat with every one of the bands i try to have weekly or bi-weekly calls with them just especially when they're an album cycle just to be their full support system because both Chris and I know what it felt like to on being on labels and on management teams that didn't really support you like they said they were going to. You just kind of put out your music, you know. Um so we just try to be a lot more than that.
0: See, now, now that makes a lot more sense to me than I initially thought and kind of resonating that with myself too because even outside the podcast, you know, I I'm this is not my full-time gig yet. I have to preface that with your, uh, <laughs> you got it in, but put that yet in there. But, like working in corporate America too, it's, I kind of gone through the exact same thing. And I feel like a lot of people listening, a lot of people can resonate with that, where, you know, you're in a working environment and you're working for somebody, have a manager or something, and it's just not working out. And, there's are certain things that you just cannot stand about that. You cannot stand about the situation. You can't stand that, you know, maybe they're not understanding what they you've gone through. And then with my standpoint, now I'm in a different position within the company that I work for, where it's like, yeah, I am leading people. I do have some people that are directly under me. And my thought was exactly like yours is, okay, I've been through this certain thing. I've been through these things. And especially from your standpoint, you've been through these things that artists have been through. You've gone through all of this. And you're going to end up taking the reins and thinking, what can I do? that if i was in this position that would help them out what what can i do that's going to actually have more of an impact than just okay you know maybe throw some money at it or Just because your deal doesn't have this exact specification, we're throwing you to the wind because we'd rather promote this other band due to the fact that, you know, they're just making more at the moment, even though the band that you're talking about that you want to give more to could make so much more in the future. Again, there's always those different plays there. But the fact that you have this innate and and mindset and this embedded mindset of the things that you went through and having compassion for the artists as well, especially because when it comes to music, music is art. It's, it is art without a shred of doubt. And art is an expression of our own human emotion. So when art takes it has to be a business side of it too, you kind of got to be able to play both sides of it. And knowing where you're coming from as an artist, having that background, you're going to help out so many more bands in the process just by doing that and having that mindset, which is why having Theory has more of that developmental label that's going to help out these bands is going to make it something that people are going to want to come to and younger bands are going to want to come to because they're going to hear and see about all the great things that you're doing with the bands that you work with and see them as they continue to grow. Maybe if they go to other labels that are going to be much more of this funding and just pushing them even further than you guys possibly could at the moment. Now, again, I say at the moment because who uh, knows? You guys could become one of those labels in the end too. Who knows? That That's where life goes. But there's this innate feeling that when they work with you, when they come over to Theoria, they're going to be getting much more personalized care from a label side than they would anywhere else.
1: Absolutely. And like, I just really want to emphasize like the amount of coaching that goes into all of it. And like with, with artist development, again, it's not like the, the, just putting your songs out. A lot of bands think that as soon as they're signed to a label, they're like done, they're set, you know, the labels just going to take care of everything. But actually it's, that's, The artist has to like step up at that point you know they have to evolve with everything and like a lot of that comes a lot of coaching and stuff that they're not used to like even now like bands like a lot of a lot of coaching i do recently is just like how to navigate tiktok a lot Mm -hmm. of bands don't know how to use the creative outlets like that and how social media is constantly changing and um man there's (laughs) something i also see a lot a lot of times happen with bands is like they'll fall into ruts and a lot of being like a coach and an artist manager is getting them out of those ruts. It only takes one member to fall into one, too. And then before you know it, everybody's all out of whack. Um, I've had it happen multiple times on theory too, where I've had to like coach a band out of like the struggles of hell, basically, and get them back to like realizing that they have an awesome art and people believe in them and they can really crush it if they just put kind of pick themselves up out of this it's not always going to be fun it's at the end of the day like you said before it's like a it's art mixed with business you know it's that fine line there that has to be like navigated properly it's a big duality
0: it is a gigantic duality and the fact that you have that awareness of that duality when bands might not necessarily do it because i mean think about it when you were younger you know when you guys when you guys were just starting out in bands with the scent like wolves And all of a sudden, all the other things you're doing, a lot of these people are in the exact same position. A lot of these people that are signing your label, you know, they're in their late teens or maybe sometimes early 20s, where when we think about it, you may have had much more of this insulated experience from having to deal with some of the more business issues because it necessarily didn't matter because you were going through school, because you were going through all these different other aspects. But now when this is your primary focus and your primary goal, when you're trying to get into the music business, yes, music is art, but business is business. You're not as heavily focused in on some of these things because they're just not as interesting. They're not as fun. They're not the crazy sexy things that we like to do. (laughs) However, there's something that still needs to be dealt with. There's things that need to be done so that when you get to the Beyond a Record label, yeah, you're not done yet. It's kind of like you do have to step up because it's you're like graduating to the next level, basically, in that sense. Now you've got signed to a label. Now you got to step up. It's like, where can you continue to go next? There's a lot of things you might not find interesting about the business side of it, But you have to have the discipline, the wherewithal to know that that's going to come in there. And yes, that can cause people to get in ruts a lot. It's gotten me in ruts with the podcast. I know you probably experienced that yourself as well. Not only working with these bands, but from your own perspective, but that knowledge and that understanding of this is where these things come from to help coach these bands back to getting out of ruts, while also understanding the fact that you have the music side of the music business, the business side of the music business, and how do we make it so that your product and your music, your art continues to stay as creative and as passionate as possible, continue to be put out there for so many people to support while also still being able to maximize out in the business
1: side? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um... Talking about ruts too, something that I try to coach bands at all the time with is like, stop looking at numbers and obsessing over numbers so much, especially on Spotify. Like, yeah. Fans don't care about how many numbers you have. They care about your interaction with them and then like what you can give to them, you know, like what they can take away from your music. Um, that's honestly why like is, which is I like hated TikTok when it first started, came out. I, I've like learned to love it in the sense that it's like a great way for music discovery. Like. trying to get bands to navigate that and realize that like it's not just about any it's not it's not any any more about just creating the best song it's like how to make a really good song resonate with people and get it out there and like bands look at monthly listeners as a big thing monthly listeners aren't real fans they're a lot of times those are just manipulated through like passive discovery like all their algorithmic playlists and stuff like could have some bands that have like three hundred thousand monthly listeners or something, not be able to draw more than a couple people outside their hometown. You know, it's just like, how can you take your music and create a fan with it? That's what we really try. How can you resonate your your art with somebody else? You know, um, that's something we really try to do with Theoria. And it's every band's completely different. You know, so what something I love doing is trying to figure out how I could take a band, given what 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 is realistic for them, what they can realistically do. Like, I mean, a lot of these bands have full-time they all have full-time jobs outside of this they have like wives and kids sometimes they'll have things that they have to juggle on top of this creative outlet that they have and they also have three to four other people with them that also have these different struggles these different like time restraints and stuff you know so you have to take what a band can realistically do and find a way to capture fans you know to Whether it's them touring, whether it's them not being able to tour so much, you have to kind of figure out creative outlets and things to use with TikTok or, like, social media to get people engaged, maybe make a Discord server to resonate with Mm -hmm. fans. Like, it's all, like, symptom prescription with different bands. Um, Just really finding out what works for them, and it's something that I really love to do with Theoria because um, part of developing a band is really finding out what kind of they can do realistically without burning themselves out because the last yeah. thing you want to do is burn this burn the band out and it's like talk about ruts that happens all the time just because all, it's 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 just really hard to keep up with everything you know like it just it's trying to take your your passion and uh really get it out to the people sometimes comes with like some drawbacks you know um, so yeah something we just really love to do is just like trying to figure out what really makes a band work and uh, what works for them
0: Yeah, because the the world's not a cut and dry place. It's not the same way that it was, let's say, 40, 45 years ago where it's, okay, folks, I'm putting out the best songs and hoping that a label picks you up because it gets (coughs) a lot of the point in time where, you know, when people got signed to a label, that's when they made it because now you've got the financial backing behind the music. And they're going to take care of the rest. But now in today's day and age, it's completely different due to the amount of competition that is out there in terms of other bands trying to compete for everyone's attention. It's not trying to like, it's bad, that's best way is right. You're trying to compete for everyone's attention. What's going on on social media? Because you're the ones that have to create it. You have to be marketing on that aspect as well. And in terms of streaming, of course... I, as much as we don't want to have to look at Spotify numbers or monthly listeners, it's something that at times we do have to look at and be aware of due to the fact of how we know how different, not only other, some labels, but also venues and you know talent bookers, how they take a look at that and take some of those as much more true. Because the reason behind that, in my personal opinion, is due to the fact that. It is a tangible number that they can they can rank people in, and they can order, and it makes sense in the mind of people. So that's where I kind of take a look at it. However, it it, it is tough when you have so many other is- issues that you are ha- not issues, but other responsibilities. You know, full time jobs, wife, and kids. Um, you could be taking care of a different family member. It's just there's a lot of different things in life that are making it tougher. Do the fact that we do have more responsibilities and we have to wear many more hats, not only as uh, an artist or band, but any kind of creative has to do stuff like that. So it's, it's tougher when you have to try and be perfect at so many different things and stand out in so many different ways. But when you take a step back and you actually have people like you at Theoria that are willing to work with these bands to figure out how can we make this work with what you are doing, with what you, what other responsibilities you have, and how can we make your music stand out for it, so that you know even when it comes to people always want to look at Spotify numbers, people always want to look at Apple Music numbers or whatever streaming numbers there are. But people are still going to want to look at, you know, how are you connecting? How are you building those fans? How are you building those relationships? Two bands stand out to me in that standpoint where when you look at their Spotify numbers, they aren't nearly as what you think they would be. But when you look at their interaction with people online and how they create fans that way, it is so much better. One is Opal and Sky, where they don't have much music out They're from Canada. It's the two twins that are always all over, you know, metal TikTok or metal Instagram reels, whatever it is, always posting a bunch of crazy videos. Their fan base is huge out there yep. on, online, but yeah, Spotify numbers aren't necessarily there, but again, that's not where the focus is, or we mentioned them right before we started recording. And if you want to go check out my episode with this guy, it's really right before this one, Tom Kelly from patient 67. Do they have maybe over a hundred thousand Spotify monthly listeners, which isn't nearly as much as you think the band would have, but you look at the people that they have on social media and how they connect with them. My God, that is like the gold standard that you guys should look at. So there's plenty of bands that you guys can go out and look at and try and figure out what works for them. Why does it work? Reverse engineer and figure out how it works for yourself. But Cody, when you have yourself there as a label runner and people that are an artist coach, that's going to help out with that. Not only does that help you discover what's going to be best for these artists going forward and help them implement that, but how does this work for each individual artist so that they stand out? Because not every artist is going to blow up the same way Bad Omens did. Not every artist is going to blow up the same way Sleep Token did. Not everyone's going to have that same impact that Spirit Box had over the past three years. But there are going to be things we can learn from how they did it to figure out how to make Spotify, Apple Music, TikTok, Instagram, any social media platform work.
1: absolutely i think you hit the nail on the head on a lot of that stuff um and that's all the fun with it another thing i encourage bands to do like like say that they again you're always defined by like what your what your members can do um especially developmental bands like the the weekend weekend runs are fantastic for like a developmental band who's not really apt to touring too much they have to juggle full-time jobs like a band can't just quit their full-time job to go out and touring and stuff it's just not feasible you have to do it strategically you have to have like your the, the the want for you to to tour out there you know um so what i love about like developmental bands is you can book a weekender or two week like two two weekenders with like bands within your region you each do a headline show in your in your hometowns each shows are really good you don't have to lose your jobs and you take a photographer out with you too and you just get a bunch of content and stuff for that and then you just post it all throughout the weeks and then it looks like from an outside perspective that you're absolutely killing it because a lot of the industry anymore is just smoke and mirrors, and you know, um especially with how TikTok is too. Like, you want to be playing shows as much as possible, but but just so you can show that you're a real band behind all that content, you know. Like you, you see you see some bands that have like never played shows before, but they're like blowing up on TikTok and stuff. But if you mix both of them together and strategically do it without burning your band out. Again, with what the members individually have in their personal lives, you can really create some magic happen and really make a lot of traction for the bands to help them grow. So like a lot of being an artist manager is really just trying to figure out that happy medium between the duality of your personal lives and the band with what they can realistically do um, to get more fans.
0: Oh, a hundred percent. And even like a band that's, again, I brought them up with Opal and Sky, a band that's blowing up online, but you try and find live show stuff on them. It's really not there because they don't play that many live shows. And again, it's the limitation there. When I asked him about it, it was, I was all the money behind touring and trying to play live. But what you brought about those weekend runs, that just, that just sparked something in my mind because you said, it's like, okay, you know, you have these weekend runs where you're going and playing with bands within your region and you're going to like their hometowns and then you're playing those shows but the headliner whoever is from that hometown that is an incredible idea especially if you have like three bands in a region and you're going to play three yep. different shows in all their hometowns due to the fact that you know there's going to be a good amount of people that come out for that hometown show for that band that's headlining but they're also going to get to experience these other bands as well so you know you're going to be getting yourself in front of people that like that kind of music that are there to support local music supporting new bands and continually having that feverish pitch and want to be able to come fans of other bands. That is such a smart idea for a developmental band. I can't believe that I'm like I didn't even think of that myself because it's just it makes so much sense and it's so cost effective for bands yeah. when it comes to having those responsibilities you still have to maintain and maybe not having them as much as much financial backing for the band as you would want.
1: 100 percent and like a, a, really one of the biggest things for a, an emerging band too is just networking like yeah you gotta got understand the other other bands are not like I, you see so much stuff where it seems like a big competition like it's the other bands should be your allies all the time they're the only people who understand what you're going through have the same passion as you and they can you can help each other out all the time like show swaps are a huge thing just and before you know it, you're doing a bunch of these weekenders like say on the east coast um before you know it you'll have enough connections in all those areas around your hometown other states it'll just keep growing and growing that you can do a, you can sustain a headliner like a two week headliner mm-hmm. where you're actually drawing people you, you made real fans in those areas and you couple that with like social media and especially tiktok before you know it you've created more and more fans another thing i always try to coach fans to is to be humble and engage people like you're a performer not only just on stage but now on the whole landscape of social media as well you know and if somebody makes a video for you on TikTok, go into those comment sections and start talking to the people in the comments like just most people, most people on TikTok, they, if they see that you're in a band and they like your band a lot, they, they don't know that you have a full time job, do all this other stuff. They, you're looked at as like a famous person. So when you like, <laughs> you know, it's ridiculous sometimes. But so like when you make a comment back on some of those posts, like you, you made that person's day, you made a whole fan there, you gave them an experience, you know. Then they're gonna go follow you on all sorts of outlets. It's it's insane how powerful a 45 second clip on TikTok can be anymore. You know, it's just, but it's also all about the bands to go in there and make the most of it.
0: Yeah, because we've seen bands have those viral moments where they just pop off, but then nothing really comes of it. And the big question is why? And one of the main things I see is just like, okay, you didn't capitalize on the like the fan engagement aspect of it. Of course, there are bands that I've seen that have absolutely capitalized on the fan engagement yep. aspect of it, and they have really gotten a lot of traction. <laughs> <Patience But
1: 67's. laughs> page 67
0: is a great one. Yep, Catch Your Breath event. is another fantastic example of that when Dial Tone got big on TikTok and see
1: what oh, they're yeah. doing. That, I mean,
0: literally, in, in, in March and April, they're going out supporting Breaking Benjamin.
1: Like, like <laughs> I that, did see that. That is crazy. Like, um, that's wild. Congrats.
0: <laughs> but but it, again, it still speaks to the standpoint of, just you have, there's so many different ways you can create fans. And when you take the time to really do that, especially when it comes to no matter how big you are, if you have the ability to take the time to just speak to people, you make that person's day. I even think about it myself too, where it's even if I'm reaching, if I reach out to a band, potentially be on the podcast, they're not the biggest band in the world. They're not really that big. But when you reach out back to me and you, and you give me a response, it's even if it's a yes, we want to do it. No, just not at this time. I'm 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 happy myself, even just because I I was able to get that sort of connection with you, whether it's positive or negative, or just you know, maybe uh not more like not necessarily positive, maybe it's like a yes or a no type thing. But when I'm if I even comment on something and I see someone just like the post, now it's a lot more powerful when it's a direct comment and you can have that interaction back and forth. But if I just if you myself, I post a comment on a band's page and all of a sudden I see that they just liked it or if the label likes it okay, someone still took the time to read it and they enjoyed it. So now there's some buildup there. There's some sort of connection there that makes you potentially want to go check them out more because I know that they even took the time out of their day just to have this some sort of acknowledgement. And it, it, it happens for us humans. We, if we like something and we like a band, that acknowledgement can go so far and so long. No matter if you are you know a 15-year-old girl that is in absolute love with one band or one artist, Or if you're a 45-year-old guy who only likes one band and everything else is bad, but that one band comments on you, you're like, grr,
1: now I'm happy. Still grr, though. Still grr, (laughs) though. I hear that, man. I remember, um, hell, like, I I was, I remember, like, a couple years ago, I just posted uh, a Motion City soundtrack, like, a couple of my Motion City soundtrack vinyl, and, uh, Just having the vocalist of that band just comment on it like made my whole week. I was like, "Holy shit, this guy! Like, what's he doing? Like, even seeing this right now? That's awesome!" But yes, I mean that it goes such a far way, and um, especially now, like it's it's something I, I started recently doing is having Discord servers for bands too, and just seeing how like a local community can thrive like that, just all centered around just like the like for a band is just crazy to me. Like we live in one hell of a time to really get information out there and really like connect this over a, a passion, you know, over a hobby or something. And or a band, you know, it's crazy. And uh, yeah, uh bands just really have to capitalize on that if they really want to start succeeding with stuff. There's just so much competition now in the sense of how many bands are releasing stuff. Um, You really just have to find that niche and grab hold of it and really just be able to connect.
0: Yeah. And when we bring about competition too, because like we said, you know, other bands are going to be your greatest allies throughout all of this. But we and it's not like a competition where you're just trying to beat down some other band. It's what, what we mean by competition is there are so many bands that are trying to put out music at this exact same mm-hmm. time right now. And there's news that comes out every single day and every single Friday is New Music Friday. And if you're like in a, if you're a metalcore fan and follow uh, Mr. Alan Harrington, a.k.a. The Red Herring on Twitter, just every Friday you see a list of what bands are releasing new albums that day, new EPs, <laughs> new songs. And dude, you it's insane. It's insane. Like, the dude puts threads of like nine, 10 tweets together of just bands. And it's like, this is nuts. Yep. But at that, that point, you see how many people are releasing music. And the thing that you're competing for is like the attention of people in that moment. Because everyone only, we can all like different bands. We can all like a number of bands. I went to 52 shows last year and Jeez. only two of them, I got to see my favorite band of all time. So that's that's, that's 50 shows that I went to where I like a lot of those bands, but number, but they're not my favorite. So I can exp- I can you know expand my bandwidth there. But during the day, if I'm listening to something, I have to take time to listen to this stuff. So you're competing for that time for that discovery. Once you get that time for that discovery, now it's okay, now you're opening up and everything. And a lot of people have a lot of time to be able to do some of this stuff. But with how many people are releasing music, you got to find a way to just know that you got to break through that point in time to get to that discovery point where people are able to want to check you out and know that you're there and hit that button, whether it's on streaming, whether it's on YouTube or whether it's just that like button on Facebook. And as, and even a social interaction like that, where, Hey, they discover you, they comment on something and you put a comment back, not just a stock comment, not a stock comment, a genuine comment. You don't know how far that goes, man. It goes
1: so far. Yeah, that's why it's so important because like, like you said like you're, you're competing for people's screen time anymore and like that's why it's like everything's just so oversaturated that's why you see bands dropping singles like the rappers and stuff mm-hmm. anymore just because like you have to be in everyone's news feed all the time because you're gonna it's gonna be oversaturated by all the other bands out there like that's why you see the six-week release cycle all the time now um which i i, I personally I, I remember just the days of just like Going into an Fye and just like finding like a CD and just listen like digesting a whole album. It's it's not like that anymore. You have to just play a singles game just because. With all these digital service providers like Spotify and stuff, there's really no barrier to entry to put music out anymore. Like I I, I, for, I forget off the top of my head how many songs get uploaded to Spotify every day, but it's like this astronomical number. Was well, it like sixty thousand? Know? it's something like absurd it's ridiculous but there's no barrier entry anymore like you don't even have to have a band to put music out you don't have to have like a level of production quality anymore you can just put as much music out and then pitch it to a curator which gets pitched this to the top of the line music, like bands out there you know like it's this, it's all the same it's all the same platform so you have to constantly make something that is unique to yourself and find a way to reach fans that way um Yeah, there's just absolutely no barrier of entry anymore. So you have to find what really makes you special and stand out. Don't get me wrong.
0: I do love the fact there's no barrier to entry anymore because then anybody has a chance to get their music out there. We're not beholden to certain gatekeepers of labels, of radio DJs, airtime, anything like that. But, you know, without that barrier to entry, now there are other issues that end up coming into play. And the big issue is, is, again, if there's 60,000 songs uploaded to Spotify every single day, Take that times by seven, that's 420,000 songs on average a week. So you're trying to compete with not only the new stuff, but there's a lot of people out there that are just curmudgeons and they don't want to hear anything new if they're past the age of like 23. So you got to try and find a way to break through to them as well. The barrier to entry is gone, but now you're not just competing to try and get that airplay that's going to be forced into people. You're trying to find that, you're trying to break that like barrier of how do I compete with these other bands for that screen time, for that stream time? How do we get to the point where we're the ones that people are trying to select or the ones that are being popped up by them? And of course, being able to reverse engineer the Spotify algorithm or Apple Music algorithm, being able to figure out what's going to hit on YouTube, Spotify, or anything, or uh, YouTube's TikTok, Instagram, whatever it's going to be, that's a huge key. But always, I remember we brought up some the Scent Like Wolves too with your with your episode back there. It's not about trying to make music that's just going to hit on those platforms because it's going to sound shallow. It's find a way to take your art, your creative, your passion, and figuring out what you can do with that passion and how you can make that work on some of these platforms as well. Because once you take that passion out of there, you take that art out of there, you take the music out of the music business and you're just business, trust me, those ruts and the burnout is just going to last longer and potentially be permanent.
1: No, absolutely. And that's um, truly really something I look for in theory a lot. It's just like a, a couple things. Like I, I want like really good production quality. So a band that like understands like, hey, I have to com- this, again, compete for screen time with all these other giant bands out there. Like I have to have just as good as production quality as them. Um, but also I just I, I want like bands that I can believe in, you know, and, and with a lot of that becomes not just what the band can do, but how they are as individual people, you know, and a lot of that comes with a lot of personality that reflects on their art, too. So it's just really cool to um, just find some of those bands that really just kind of have like the full package. They have the drive behind it. They're willing to listen to the coaching behind everything. They're willing to adapt. And they're humble about the whole thing and just overall enjoying their craft. I think the yeah. worst thing that I find is when bands do burn out and when they start to resent their art that they create it just because of all the stuff that happens in the business and the industry behind it. Or just... Uh, you see on social media everybody just talks about their wins. nobody ever talks about the losses, the many 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 losses that took to get to that one win. you know so I always tell bands too like if you're like really burnt out, just like stay off of social media for a little yeah. bit like you're you don't need to see these these big numbers games and people just talking about all how all their numbers are really big. That's not healthy to engage in all that stuff just like take a break from it and just overall enjoy the art that you created.
0: Or, or even when it comes to the social media side too, you're absolutely right. Everyone posts their wins. I remember I took a look back at like even my Facebook stuff too. Yeah, I looked at Facebook for this one to see what my top posts were for the year. And of course, with the top, almost they were like positive and everything. But I took a look at the ones that I, I didn't speak about things that were so positive. I didn't speak about the wins. Speaking about the losses specifically. And I had two posts that I spoke about the losses on. Those two were two of my 10 top posts of the year. The only two that I spoke negative on were the two of the top 10. And the reason was because in my opinion is when it comes to everyone speaking about their wins and the numbers, we're all used to that. We're all conditioned to that. And it's social media. It is the highlight reel of, of, of life basically. Or People want you to see. It's like, it's their It's your highlight tape that you're trying to get when you're trying to, you know, get recruited by a college coach so that you can't say, Oh, it was my knee. Your coach didn't send in my tape, stuff like that. But if you post some of the negative stuff too, and this is what you have to, you have to make sure you're comfortable with this too. When you post stuff that isn't as highlighty or as well, doesn't necessarily have that positive feel to it, maybe it's like, okay, this is the reality of where the band is right now. Or from my standpoint, it was, this is the reality of where the podcast was. And I'm actually struggling with this. Like this ain't going well. Being open and honest about that actually did better. And I think it's due to the fact that Now people see the reality behind it. It's not all smoke and mirrors. It's not all just win, 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 win. When people see that there is actual struggle behind it, now you start to create more of this realism behind it because it is real. And people get behind that because when we like think about it, people love fiction. People love fantasy stuff. People love a lot of that. But people also love reality TV, even though a lot of it's made up because of the feeling that it yeah. is real. But when you get a lot of real, so crew tr- tr- ah, crew tr- true crime documentaries, because they happen, when you have that truth behind there and people can actually get behind and say, this is truthful, they connect with it so much more deeply that you just want to be a part of it and you want to go for it. Now, do you, can you experience burnout? Do you potentially want to go off social media sometimes? Yeah. And sometimes that's absolutely healthy. But I'm also saying where it's, if you want, if you're just posting all your wins, okay, I get it. But maybe sometimes, maybe post about a loss that was there because it adds so much more realism and connection to the fans as well. Yeah. We, all go, we all go through losses ourselves as fans. If we see a band that's potentially going through something like that and they post about it, now we connect with that even more. We resonate with that even more. And there's a passion behind it. And you're not just speaking about your struggles or losses when you're singing your songs or you're creating your music. Now you're actually putting them out more of them, they're more in a less metaphorical sense than what you would with your music.
1: Yep. And you know, everyone loves to come up story too. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean like everyone wants to see how you like people can relate. Like I love the connection stuff you put in there. Like it's, it really is all about connection and resonating with people. And like when you can show that you're a real person behind this band that people look at on like this pedestal, a lot of times, it just really resonates with fans too. And honestly, all some of the best lessons I've ever learned in life or when I've crashed and burned like on stage or with a business or my my God, I've failed so many times as a drummer. Like I've had my whole drum set fall off the stage, you know, I've had like, like it just completely end the show. You know, I've had like our, our samples break in the middle of the show or like shoot the click track through the crowd or just like terrible things that like, but, you know, like you're defined by how you come, o- you overcome those situations and grow from them. And I like really like working with bands who can have like a bad experience like that, but grow from it and see some sort of benefit from that experience that they had. Like, I me mean, every time something bad happens like that to me, I'm just like, I'll be driving home, gripping my steering wheel, just like I'm never going to let that happen again. You know, I have to do this much better. Like, wow, this didn't work this way. I don't, how can I pivot or think differently to make to overcome this or to make the situation just, again, that never happen again.
0: Yeah. experience um, so yeah. I'm I was the like, experience <laughs> Is the mother of all learning, man. It, it really is. Cause even from yep. my standpoint as well, 2022 took a look at everything just financially. I realized that I had spent $11,000 trying to promote the podcast in different ways and none of it worked out. Now that's a huge yeah. chunk of change. And when I actually admitted it to myself, it's like, okay, I'm not going to let that happen again. And then to try and make the podcast even better for 2023, I spent even more money of my own, but I put it in different ad- avenues and I'll, 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 this is the best way to put it. I started the year with just 650 subscribers. I ended the year with over 4,000. So Hell yeah, man. That's definitely, awesome. definitely looking at, it, I'm like, okay, I learned from that standpoint too, you know, gripping the year, like I'm not going to let that happen again. And having the motivation and understanding that experience is going to be the mother of all learning. Of course, I don't want every single band or every single artist to have to go through a big financial hit like that. So also learn from our learn from our stories, learn from our experiences. But also, if you have those experiences as well, don't don't feel like so bad about them where you have to hide them. You can understand them that other people go through them. They're negatives, and they're ha- they happen. So you can learn from them. But at the same time, if you use those and potentially bring them up on social media as a way to just put it out there so then no one can hold you, hold that, like hold that information against you. Or now you actually have that realism bit, bit behind there. Now you have that what you said, people like a come up story, a comeback story. I mean, Rocky didn't win best picture in 1976 <laughs> because Sylvester Sloan's acting was top-notch. That yeah. story of a of a of a of a boxer who's on kind of like, you know, should be long retired by now, especially after not being on like the come up in his early 20s, you know, getting a shot at the title and going the distance. Yeah, people resonate with that kind of a story. People can resonate with your story as well when there's realism behind it, when there is actual reality behind it. If you post all the wins, that's great and everything, but it just kind of takes away from the human side of it like social media has to so many people.
1: Yeah, and that's why it gets discouraging, just because nobody really posts that. They just post their numbers all the time and stuff, Um, but... Again, just like I was talking about with like like, do, like booking weekenders and stuff, and mm-hmm. just like it's all about networking with other bands. Like we talk about competition all the time, but like it is what I emphasize too. Those bands are they've gone through the same experiences that you have. Most of them all have, you know. I always call it. Uh, I always joke with my my business partner. I call it the trials and tribulations of a emerging metalcore band. You know, like all the all the situations happen. And they, you're the only ones who can understand it with each other. You know, so just. Don't be afraid to talk about that stuff, but a lot of people do because they look at it as like losing face, but it's it's really not I I honestly respect bands a lot more when they just kind of tell me some of their horror stories and how they overcame them and how they plan to do better next time you know it's 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 all learning and growing and like talking about how much money you spent in uh, advertising man I've done the same for my label for my bands like you have to do all that stuff to learn what works what doesn't work and again what works for one band is not going to work for every band every band is so variable uh, variable in their success and what makes their success happen. so it's just really, unfortunately just kind of playing the game and figuring out what works and just kind of growing from it. And at the end of the day, just realizing that you got into this for your love, for your art and not to ever lose sight of that. Cause that's overall, what's going to project you forward.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I do want to go back to what you said about, you know, bands are going to be your biggest allies, even though it's, you know, you're still competing for all that like screen time and whatnot, but you take a look at the bands that are like really blowing up from different eras in time and see how closely connected they are. And I'll use a perfect example of this recent tour that just got announced asking Alexandria, Memphis may fire and the word alive all came up around the same time. You know, definitely they have variables, different sizes, but they're both three of them are still incredibly successful and all three of them are going out on tour together. And it's, it, it, it works because they, again, when you work with, when you're connecting with other bands and you're networking with other bands and you're creating those friendships now, as they come up, you know, they're going to want to see you do the same thing too. They'll all of a sudden say one band starts really gaining traction and they're going to go on like a regional run or something. You know, if, if you're tight with them and you're constantly working with them, promoting them and everything uh, as a, as a band yourself, you might get to go tag along too. And all of a sudden now you're going on this tour as well might not be the headliner, but you're going to still be playing in front of people that you could potentially change to become your own fans. And uh, what's the phrase a rising tide raises all ships. Yeah. If we're, if we're rising, you know, we're going to bring everybody else up again, take a look at the past. Specifically, you specifically use 2022 and 2023, the rise of bad omens and sleep token has put yeah, more Jesus. eyes and ears on the rock and metal genres than any, than any other moment in the past, maybe 15 to 20 years, and I know Bring Me the Horizon's doing a great job with that too, but no one, no, nothing's had that much of an impact over the past 10, 20 years when radio DJs and tastemakers kept saying, rock is dead, rock is dead, rock is dead, than what these two bands have done the past two years.
1: Absolutely. I mean, just another uh, another band to throw in there, I think that's incredible, was uh, Lorna Shore. like their oh, yeah, guys, yeah. It was ridiculous. Like, seeing them play, like, Coachella and stuff, that is... That would have been... If you would have told me that, like... I don't know, like, five years ago, I'd been like, no way. <laughs> you, you throw Knock Loose
0: in there, too. Knock Loose is the exact yeah, same thing.
1: Exactly, dude. That, that's absolutely insane. And it's just, yeah, you see, like, Billie Eilish standing behind the scenes at, like, a Knock Loose show and stuff. Like, that is, seeing pop tr- and transcend with metal is cr- Look at Spirit Box's covered yep, with, yep. uh, <laughs> with making the Stallion. That was crazy. Like I would have never checked that off on my bingo card, you know? <laughs> yeah, cr-
0: crazy. Was it something that I'm like, oh, Megan the Stallion and Spirit Box, do I really want to check it out? It's like personally for myself, might not be what I would check out, but the worst thing I could have done was to damn it and bastardize it and say it was not good because there's be a lot of people that want to go check it out. You know what? W- what's my place to tell people, oh, no, don't go check it out because there's some artists on there that I'm not a big fan of? No, no, no. Ch- check it out because what might happen to – you might like it. All of a sudden, as Megan Thee Stallion fans, you might like Spiritbox, see what they have. Now you're going to go check out more of their stuff. Oh my God, we've got more yep. people coming into rock and metal. Oh dear Lord, this is such a terrible thing.
1: <laughs> Come on. Yeah, really? the gatekeepers will hate all that. But you know what? I, I hate when people like bash on that kind of stuff. As soon as I saw that, I was like, this is such a huge win for rock and metal. Like, I don't care all the publications that say it's not, or like people bash on Demi Lovato for trying to get into rock and metal. Like, Let that happen. It's just going to allow more people to digest metal and... Hard rock
0: yeah even um, even like when mgk tried getting back into pop punk in like yeah. 2020 it was like i looked at him like you know there's a lot of people that had opinions on it and i was still on the belief i'm like you know what just let them, just let him try if it's something that doesn't go well okay whatever as a gatekeeper you're still going to be happy about that but if it's not you know what more kids are going to end up jumping into this because they like that sound and they're going to check out the other stuff that's going on around there that's how you guys all got into this genre too. There was one band or one artist or one moment that started out for you. Why not continue on with that? Because that's how we're going to continue to grow the genres. So we don't have to consistently hear that rock is dead or metal is dead or whatever yeah. people are saying.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. They're always going to say something's dead, but absolutely. And and like the, the genres need to innovate. And by doing so, they almost have to have more genre blenders. That's why I love seeing like a lot of dark hop or dark pop put into music like a, yeah, like this, like sleep token. I think mm-hmm. sleep token really transcended and changed some boundaries and how people listen to music. So it takes a lot of like dark pop influences and it's more digestible to people who aren't just going to listen to progressive metal all the time. You know, <laughs> it made it a lot a lot more tangible to a huge audience of people. Or like MGK getting into pop punk, like that really innovated the area of like emo rap and stuff. You know, like like Spotify teardrop playlist, like it's just all those. It's just the new version of pop punk you know it's, it's it's great i also hate when when people like trash on bands like Bring Me the horizon for like changing their sound up a bit like i don't want the same album over and over again but like if you look at what bring me the horizon did they're always on like a whole like level above everybody else and like bands even to this day are trying to replicate like their old albums you know they're just like and that, that's awesome because what that does is it innovates the genre every time they come out with a new album basically it's incredible Per- it's progression
0: i'll say pretty much yeah perfect example of it is literally bringing the horizon starting with Eternal, because Eternal. Yep. Wh- there's like that that's like a junction point when it comes to metalcore between pre Eternal and post Eternal, because of what they did on that album and then you know adding more Behind it, more of this arena rock style with "That's the Spirit." They got much more experimental with "Amo," which personally I did not care for. But then, of yeah. course, you know, I knew there was still some stuff there for me when they came out with the first post-human EP with "Survival Horror." My God, I love that thing! I was like, "Yeah, yep. let's just keep this rolling." And the more you let bands get, the more we don't gatekeep bands and have let them continue to innovate, the better off these things get. That's when we get bad omens coming out with the death of peace of mind. That's when we get Lorna Shore going off and turning Deathcore to something much, much more excitable around the world. And then you have other bands that are like Sard Prevail come in and add more to it. Then you get something like what Sleep Token did, where I still see people all the time say, Oh, this isn't metal. They just gatekeep it. I'm just like, You know what? We have been, people, like, even especially as gatekeepers, you've been begging for new stuff. And you've been begging that, you know, people like, we don't want to constantly see Metallica take over. And when they found out that, uh, take that was streamed a hundred million times more than 72 seasons and they're like well sleep token isn't real metal <laughs> what the what
1: more do you want what, what more do you want anymore you know like i i i hate talking about genres with people like even just trying to define what metalcore is what's anymore it's like you're gonna get people say that like knocked loose is metalcore you're gonna get people say that kill switch engage and like chimera are the only metalcore and then you got like it's metalcore singing and screaming you know some people are like "Nah, there can't be any singing you all." it's just like ridiculous It just just enjoy music, you know. <laughs> post hardcore is another one. Trying to define that with people is just nuts.
0: <laughs> I, I kind of look at like if I try and define it like tangibly for people, like what do I think metalcore is? What post hardcore is? Like I couldn't do it. But if you yep. let me listen to something, I'm like, okay, there's certain elements that I can just sonically feel. I'm like, okay, this is where metalcore comes. This is where post hardcore comes in. So it's. I look on the good old metalcore and post-hardcore subreddits, and whenever they bring up a band, there's always people. This isn't metalcore. I saw yeah, a exactly. one on the metalcore subreddit of people just going crazy trying to figure out if Ice Nine Kills was metalcore or not, and they're like, "Oh no, not since 2013. All this new stuff is just crap." I'm just like,
1: "It's all just a gimmick." You know, really? I hate that stuff too. It's like I mean, it's obviously like, the gimmick really? is, is like it's it's worked for them to transcend their sound that you loved to everybody now, and now that's probably why you don't like them as the gatekeeper is because you don't like that they're so popular now it's yeah. just like i don't know you can't please you can't please everybody yeah even going on like, about the... oh go ahead. i'm oh, sorry i was just gonna say, talking about something that really burns bands out too and like I, it took me a long time to get like deal with this it's just trolls on the internet like people are absolutely ruthless like um for instance just the ascent like wolves we got a comment on our our new video we have this in my opinion, a beautiful animated music video, like somebody hand drew all of the stuff. It's like an anime. And the comment was, I am unreasonably angry that Marcus Vick doesn't look like Marcus Vick in this anime. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, that's what you took from this so- this awesome piece of artwork right here, you know, or just like, I don't know. I'll like run ads on bands and just like some of the comments you get on there where it's just like trash like it takes it's it's that that, that you just said trash to somebody's art that is just like honestly incredible it's like what kind of person are you to do something like that so but you see it it's it's so much like there's so many trolls out there that I, I see i see my bands that i work with get burned out all the time or they'll like send me a screenshot and be like yo what should i say about this like i have this whole thing planned out and i'm like don't say anything about the comment just let it go or people are that's what they want you to do you know Something I've been trying to coach fans to is taking a negative comment and turning it into a mm-hmm. fan, which like trolls aren't expecting you to just be like, "Hey man, I'm sorry you think this is trash, but like, thanks for checking it out. Appreciate yep. your feedback." What um, what have you been listening to lately? Like, <laughs> they, <laughs> they get completely taken back by that. I had one person I did that to, and they were just like, "You know what, man? I'm sorry I posted this. I just woke up and was in a really bad mood." Um. Been really into the new um, Slaughter to Prevail album, you know? And I'm just like, cool, okay, there you go. I was, that, there you know, right away, you, like, you took a really negative experience. I could have just made two people arguing back and forth look ridiculous yeah. and made it into a positive fan.
0: Yeah, it's like there's there's really three ways you can go about it when it comes to a troll comment, if you know it's a troll comment. One is just completely ignore it. I know like you get burnt out because if you constantly see him like that, but, you know, it just happens. Two is what you said, like, try and convert the fan, like, tr- you know, react with kindness or just come after, like just you know, oh, just be you know, try and create them as a fan, try and turn them into that, try and reach out and have this connection point because they're not expecting it. Or three, you could basically go the Ronnie Radke route and threaten to beat them <laughs> up. But
1: I, that I again, somehow only works for him.
0: It only works for him. It's <laughs> yeah, like the time I'm like, I keep watching. I'm like I'm actually kind of enjoying this. But if ever anyone else try to do it, I'd just be like, that year's coming off is just just not like like. Why are you what are you doing when it comes to Ronnie? I'm yep. just like. I don't know why, I just find it funny. Like the whole thing he's going on now with Sanguis Sugabog. I'm just I like,
1: gonna, I was just gonna say that. That's hilarious. i like, this is.
0: I'm like, I, at some point in time, I was like, the past couple of days I've been looking. I'm like, this is funny. If there's gonna come a point in time, where I'm like, okay, now I'm just getting sick and tired of this. Like, we can, can we just stop this point right now because we're kind of just dragging this on. But like, I've got negative comments too with all the podcast stuff, and there's times where I've reacted where it's okay. I'm trying to turn you into a fan. Like, okay, let's respond with some positivity. Let's reach out about that. I've the ones, but then this is where I always like it. If I read, if you're going to troll me, reach out with positivity and you're going to come back and just keep trolling me. Now I've got free reign to do whatever the heck I feel like. And that's when I always like kind of go with the, oh, Hey, you know, but Hey, you click the like button or Hey, you comment on yeah. so Thanks for helping yep. push us in the algorithm. Something like that. Just really that because, or at that point too, if someone just starts to like, it kind of comes on the attack on me. Welp, now you can see where it started and you know, it wasn't me so
1: yeah and it makes them look like the asshole in the comments then you know exactly from an outside perspective but if you argue back with them you both look like idiots
0: yeah 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 you don't want you don't want to go full-on and argue with the whole like go on and argue with a troll or argue with someone like that because then people are going to constantly be looking at it and again like hand up with the ronnie radke Sugabog thing and at first i'm like okay this is kind of funny but now i'm at the point where i'm like this just keeps dragging on and on and on. Like, come on guys, let's, <laughs> let's, let's wrap this up. I'm getting sick and tired of this because I do listen to a lot of falling reverse. I have had Sang with on the podcast before. And it was like, that's awesome. I'm like, come on guys. Can we just, um, bring this to a close at some point and not have me see this every time I log on to Instagram or Twitter.
1: That band's hilarious online, honestly. Like I, I, I remember funny. like their uh, they're born of Osiris battles too. Where they, I mean, it was like publicity because they were both friends, but I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, but with Another the Border of
0: Osiris battles, those were hysterical because you they knew were they, so they were so good. Yeah. The, 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 the back and forth, it was like, you listen, like it was bad, but there was always something there that made you say, like, wait, what'd they say? It's like, yeah. yep, you knew it was funny. I the
1: first point. time I saw it, I was like, is Border of Osiris really doing that? Like, what is going on with this band? And then I was like, this is absolutely hysterical. That and a band that really gets me all the time is I set my friends on fire. They are hilarious. <laughs> Like, well, they did with when we were young fans, yes, was so funny.
0: <laughs> that was that was top notch. Just taking the i the uh, website i <laughs> website yeah, so web address and just having it sent back to theirs. And then when they were offered like, "Hey, can we buy it back?" I was like, "No." <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: And then they got put on the festival for it anyway. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, that's what I'm talking about.
1: Yeah, that that definitely was a uh, was great, but... Yeah.
0: That was, okay, Okay, Cody, I got two more questions for you. I know you know what one of them is, but I'm going to start out with a different one. Cool, shoot. So the first one is, is okay, you're, you know, I know everything that you've gone through. I, when it comes to Theoria, everything that's, you've done everything there that you're doing right now, which is absolutely fantastic. There's a lot of bands you're working with. But I know you spoke about this, but I want to give like the absolute like soundbite to this so people can understand this. So what is the importance of, for a younger developmental band to work with someone like you, what's that importance like, or what's that importance for?
1: Um, It's just, just a special, not just saying a record label, but we'll just say like a, like a the de- developmental coach, I would say too. That's what like a theory, is, like we again, we're not just a label that just distributes music. We're here for to do whatever you need us to be and really get you to that next step. Um, The importance really is to just kind of like take you to that, that next level and just kind of have somebody there that's, there to tell you based upon what you have and what your your, the the personalities of your bands and what our band members are like how you can really get to that next step um whether it's like the weaknesses in the band and like building them up like if it's like just if you have to get better with social media like we're here to coach you on social media if it's like you need help with tour booking and getting out there it's that kind of stuff um with release planning and release management there's a lot there's a lot that goes in with that um it's really just about being able to take advice um just knowing knowing your worth too like i mean bands are always just like i need a booking agent a label and a manager right now well you you might not need all those three right now like if there's nothing to manage yet there's you don't need a manager you know you have to really build on all these things and know your place and grow with it be humble on where you're at with stuff and um yeah a lot of that just comes with like just taking advice and just like knowing what you're looking for as a band and ultimately what you want that's normally my first conversation with bands is like so what are your goals in the next year like i, I want to hear realistic responses like i like uh we're just really trying to get like we're at like thirty thousand monthly listeners right now we're trying to get to a platform of like 100 000 over this next album cycle where we're really just trying to uh get it where we're making a little bit of money here so we can It's like basically like a wage at like a, like Taco Bell or something, you know, (laughs) like we're not, we're not trying to be like, if I heard a band that's like, I immediately want to go on stadium tours or I had one band give me a lot of crap one time because I, they were like, I want to get on a couple dates with Paramore. And I was just like, I can absolutely, I'm not going to even reach out about this. This is like, you guys are not even close to something like this yet. Here's what we should focus on right now to eventually maybe get you to, a level somehow where you could get something as incredible as that, you know? Like it's you have to know really where your place where stuff is and be and be humble about it. And um just be really open to take advice and just kind of go out of your comfort zone a little bit. Like I mean, I brought this up a couple of times in the podcast now, but one's just like TikTok. Like it's really hard to get bands, especially like really cool guy metal chord bands, yeah. to <laughs> just kind of like be open to TikTok and just coming out of their comfort zone. Um I know, like, it took me forever to make TikToks just because every time I make it, I'd be like, I am, I feel so cringy right now. Like, I, like, am the biggest (laughs) loser making these things. Like, for a while, I wouldn't even let my roommate hear that I was making them. (laughs) (laughs) I just felt, like, so lame. But then, like, you get over that, and then you're, you see how it starts building. You see how some of the advice that people give you actually starts working. And, I mean... I I always say, too, when I start working with bands, like, I'm never here to step on your artistic creativity or, like, what your vision is for your band. If you want this kind of album art, you want to release things this way, you hate albums, you want to release just singles and P's, fine. But I'm going to coach you and tell you why I think the things I do, you know. And if you don't want to listen to them, we're going to try to find other outlets and ways to really capitalize on what you can do. But again, it's just, like... said this too like every band's just so variable where it's just really about finding what really works for them and just kind of being able to coach them to to figure all that out but on the band sense it's being open to all that stuff and just really knowing what your vision is I work I've seen a lot of bands that really couldn't even tell me what their vision is you know and at that point it's just like well what what are you striving for you know like how can I build on something that you already you don't know what the foundation is
0: uh, totally understandable. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the pitch of, you know, when it comes to band, you know, some things that can help you out. But also, why you should maybe work with Theoria Records? That's the pitch right there. Ooh, yeah, that's what I was going <laughs> for. So, ha I got you to pitch your own self. Cody, take that. Heck, back. yeah. Appreciate you, man. <laughs> All right, now it's time for my final question before we wrap this one up, which you answered some of the scent-like wolves, but now this is time for Do It With Theoria. So, sir, can you give me some recommendations on bands that we should check out from Theoria Records?
1: Absolutely. Um, one you should definitely check out is uh, Execution Day. They just put out an album, Heal. I think they're an absolutely incredible um, hard rock and modern metalcore band. Um, so I would check out their song, Hollow. It's probably one of my personal favorites or Flourish. Um, we just actually pressed vinyl for them too. So if you're like what you hear, definitely pick up a the vinyl. They're pretty beautiful, I'd like to say. Um, so yeah, I think they're pretty incredible. Uh, this An artist I'm really stoked to work with. It's probably the most unique thing I've ever heard. Um, I also brought this up in Sound mm-hmm. Like Wolves 1-2, but uh, Zombie Shark. If you're into the cyber grind and hearing things you've, like, t- talk about genre blenders, like, if you're into, like, deathcore, New Metal, grindcore, metalcore, Metal Core, just <laughs> Nintendo Core, like, this guy just kind of has it all, and it, I swear it's just a whole wild ride. Um, dude's also an incredible artist. Uh, his name's Corey Swope um so that band's pretty incredible um a band we're gonna be releasing really soon a uh, monument of a memory i think they're really awesome they're um they're into like wage war like bad omens even some like polaris kind of vibes uh monument memory is an awesome up-and-coming band they'll be having new music come out pretty soon um Obviously, I think a scent like wolves is pretty rad. <laughs> a little biased that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think uh, I was talking about defining post hardcore earlier. I think a really awesome post hardcore band I have on the label is called uh, The Difference Between. They're um, really sick. If you're into like old school post hardcore vibes, like Poison the Well, um, kind of Glassjaw, Oceana, uh, Lower Definition, love that kind of stuff. Um. Yeah. You want more bands or? I could just No, keep no, I'll say, them, I'll say, we can go with that because <laughs> that's like five
0: right there. So that is perfectly yeah. fine. I mean, there's, there's all, there's more that you can check out. So you know what? You answered that comment, beautiful or question beautifully. So. Now let's end this podcast with three very specific things. So first things first, there are more bands on Theoria for you guys to go check out. I will have not only a list of all those bands in the description of the podcast, but I'm also going to have the link to the Theoria Records website down there for you so you can check them out, know where to go to connect with all of them and we connect with the label online as well. Cause of course, Cody, I know you're gonna be promoting all these bands as well. It's gonna help everyone stay in the know when it comes to all these great bands. And for the ones that are about to release up or getting ready to release stuff, Cody, this is also my pitch. Please send them my way because I want to do my part two (laughs) with a podcast just like this with all of them. So make sure you do that. I'm going to have a link script to the podcast for all you guys. So go and check those out. Secondly, of course, man, you know what it's like. You know what I was going to say. I did this with a scent like wolves, but it just keeps coming. I don't know how many rounds I owe you at this point. I'm just (laughs) going to to end up. I'm just going to bring the whole case and be Like, let's get trash, buddy. It's (laughs) all me. I mean I mean maybe we'll do it on a whole maybe we'll do it on a tour bus at the back of the van or you know sit in the back of the venue shooting dice or something who knows what we're gonna do but <laughs> I'm bringing the beard that's all I know
1: appreciate the hell out of you man
0: and Cody once again man thank you for taking the time I really appreciate it I'm glad I got to do this with you not only with the scent like wolves but also in the past of the difference between with if not for me, and now with the Oria Records as well. This is fantastic. Of course, I know I'm bringing you back at some point in the future. I'm going to see you live at some point. I, at least I hope it's this year. But if I don't, it's got to be sometime next year. Got to make it happen. So this can't be goodbye, my friend. This is, I'll see you later.
1: See you later. Appreciate you.
0: Well, folks, an interview with Cody Frain from Theoria Records. And now it's time for Kevin's final thoughts. So, this was cool because actually, you talked to Cody about the record label that he runs, as we have brought many bands on the podcast from there before Ascent Like Wolves, Aphasia, Colony Collapse, the difference between uh, when If Not For Me was on label before they moved to In Vogue, even though we have had If Not For Me on since they've been with In Vogue. Uh, there's a couple other ones that I do want to bring on the uh, and two, and I brought up to Cody Zombie Shark being one of them. Monument of a Memory Execution Day. Just watch out. I think Poltergeist has been on the podcast too. But we're going to be bringing more of these bands on too because I want to because you support local music, support new music, support regional music, support national music. Just keep us promoting because this is how we get to know all the great new bands. But what Cody had brought up about the importance of being a developmental label makes a lot of sense because there are so many bands out there that think that getting to a like sign to a label is the end all be all of it but let's take a look at a lot of the things that have happened there have been bands that have gotten on labels of course recently that have had a lot of success but we have seen a lot of bands talk about how the label process and being under a label is restrictive doesn't allow them to do certain things that they're able to do or want to do and they have to wait until their contracts run out we saw that with Nonpoint, with them starting 361 records their own record label we've seen stuff like that happen we've seen bands go completely independent because they don't want to be part of that process anymore we've seen while she sleeps do this as well especially back in 2021 with the sleep society album now why is it important to have these developmental ones a couple of reasons. One, because of course, they're not going to be dealing with the biggest bands in the world, which of course, we all know you want to get up to that point. But this is going to help you out in terms of getting to know the record process, working with a record label. But also having, like Cody said, the most important thing from his standpoint, why you should potentially look at Theoria as your first record label, if you can pitch him, if it's going to work out, is he's going to be there as a coach. Not only as someone who is helping you along, who is going to give you the necessary feedback you need, whether it's positive or negative, negative at the same time he understands exactly what you're going through as a band not only as a band member himself in a band that is not on the label but as a band member who is on the label at the exact same time as well so, there's a lot there that you're going to be able to empathize with, connect with, and have more of this understanding behind knowing what has to be done in order to grow as a band. What is going to be the best thing for you to do to make sure that the music stays, the music stays, the art, and stays, the passion you use, but make sure that the business side is still the business side and just keep you kind of accountable at the same time too and help you prevent those moments of burnout and potential breakdown so that you still have the passion behind the music that you're creating and the art that you make. So. Definitely go check them out. Links to the podcast below for Theoria Records. Check out all the bands that are under that label, including Ascent Like Wolves, Aphasia, Colony and Collapse, The Difference Between, Execution Day, Monument of a Memory, Poltergeist, and Zombie Shark. Then, plus a couple of more as well. Just mentioning the ones that Cody has mentioned, the ones that we've had on the podcast before. Also, make sure you hit subscribe to the Corporation Podcast right down here. New episodes every single Tuesday and Thursday, and reaction videos on YouTube every single Friday as well. If you subscribe or follow us on Spotify Apple Music, or up a podcast, I should say. You get the full episodes every single Tuesday and Thursday there as well. Please like the video and like the episode as it pushes in the algorithm and helps us out a tremendous amount. Thank you, Cody, for being on the podcast. Once again, your second time in a week. And yeah, go check out all the Theoria bands that you can. On that note, that's good for you guys. Thank you for watching, listening to the Card Progression Podcast. My name is Kevin, and you guys know how every single episode is the big, healthy, and hearty. See you See